Hey, Miles. Yeah, Cam? Have you ever seen Alita Battle Angel? You're not gonna make me watch anime, are you? Um, no? Hello, people of the internet, and welcome back to Have You Ever Heard Of? Yes, we're still going by that name for right now. I'm Cam. And I'm Miles. And I got Miles to watch Alita, Battle Angel. And yes, it is sort of an anime because it's based off of a manga, which in itself was... <laughs> I was right. It's an anime. <laughs> Anyways, this was brought to us by Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron. Alita, Battle Angel, maybe I should say Alita, colon, Battle Angel, is the 2019 film adaptation of Yukito Kishiro's manga Battle Angel Alita, or Gammu for any of our Japanese listeners out there where we follow the titular Alita, portrayed here by Rosa Salazar, a cyborg rescued from a scrapyard, on her journey to find out who she is and what her place is in this unfamiliar world she has woken up to. Alright, so before we do a deep dive into this, I have an important question to ask you, Miles. Did her eyes bother you? At first, no, not really. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the one cat that we just got recently, uh... She has some pretty big eyes, so I did kind of see that. But uh, the more I saw them, the more it did start to bother me. Really? Yeah. That's interesting, because that seems to be the opposite effect of most people that I have either shown it to or have just spoken to other people who've watched it. Because usually people say, I didn't like the big eyes to start with. And then over the course of the movie, they said, I love them now. I love my big-eyed cyborg. That's because... Uh... No offense, but I think the people that you're talking about generally, when they look at this kind of a thing, they see emotion through facial expression, whereas I'm a little bit more used to seeing emotion portrayed through physical expression of the entire body. So seeing the facial expression with the big eyes, uh, frowning or looking doe-eyed or in wonder of the world, it really kind of adds that whole, it, it makes that emotion seem bigger, seem more large. For people who generally uh, who generally don't see the large eyes, sort of large, uh, sort of face. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I kind of noticed that she did a little bit of, but mm -hmm. definitely in more of the anime that I've seen, it doesn't use facial expression as much as it uses body expression, and that's one thing I did kind of like. I, I'm not a huge fan of anime, mm -hmm. but this is technically one, so I compared it to it, and not having that huge body expression kind of really f made me feel a little lost in emotion. Hmm. I think I this felt is, like Max. I think this is something that we're going to have to cover a little bit more once we get into it, because this is... Mm, there, there's a lot to unpack with this, so we're going <laughs> to save this for when we come back in a few minutes for spoilers. So, But, but before we do that, um, did you enjoy it, despite the anime aspect? Um... I enjoy it like a wet nap at Tony Roma's. It's nice to have the one time, but you don't want to keep it in your back pocket. I <laughs> guess if you take it out of the package, sure. Exactly. It's, it's good once, and then after that, you know, I'm 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 ready to move on to other things. Okay. I'm not going to say I hated it, but I don't know if I'm going to watch it again myself. Don't Fair get me enough. wrong. There's a lot of interesting things to talk about it. I'm going to mm -hmm. enjoy talking about it, but... 
I don't know. I, I loved the background that they had. Mm-hmm. The characters were okay. I don't know. I kind of feel like it follows a lot of James Cameron's other stuff for me. Love the background. Mm-hmm. I love the world. But when it comes to characters, it's kind of like, oh, okay, so this is where we're phoning it in. <laughs> well, okay, that that's another thing that we got to save for in a few minutes. Uh, would you recommend this to others, though? I'd recommend it to people who I know that like anime or even action, actually. Uh, good, It's a good action movie. Um, there's a lot of deep philosophical stuff in there. So anybody who likes to talk about things, this would be a great one for. All right. So... Yeah, I'd recommend it to a wide range of people. Sounds good. Okay, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and we're going to dive into some of these things that Miles is already bringing up. So uh, see you in a little bit. Enjoy some uh, Junkie XL music. Welcome back, everyone. Now we're going to dive into this a little more, so let's set the stage a little bit. So, we follow the beginning of Alita's story as she is found in the scrapyard below Zalem, the last of the floating cities, by Doc Ito, portrayed brilliantly by Christoph Waltz, as she rediscovers who she is and what her purpose in life is. Of course, along the way, we get to have some fun playing motorball. Maybe Murder Ball is a more accurate description of what she got into. Uh, becoming a hunter warrior to pay the bills and quench her thirst for blood. Also falling in love with Hugo. Hugo yep. Weaving. <laughs> you wish, right? No, no, that would be really weird. <laughs> He's old. She uh, was young at that point. <laughs> what do you mean? She's over 300 years old. Yeah, but they were betraying her as like 14 years old. She was okay. younger than my D&D character. Um... <laughs> They, well, I mean, I know this isn't something that they necessarily nail down. I mean, Doc Ito says, you know, you have the brain of like an, an average teenage girl, um, despite the fact that I believe canonically she is like 19 or 20 or something like that. So I guess she's still technically a teenager, but she's more Very. of an adult. In, yes, she's not. She's definitely not the age of his deceased daughter. That's for sure. <clears throat> but this is one of the interesting things about Alita, right? Is that when we wake her up, she has to go through this whole rediscovery and relearning and uh, growing up in the course of like a month or two. Yes. Uh, effectively. I mean, I, I kind of have it with being that she falls in love with Hugo because, I don't know, really? Hugo, of all people? I feel like there could be anyone else in in Iron City and she just had to go with him. It's better than her scientist father. Yes, yes, that's very true. And <laughs> thankfully, um, in a bit of a divergence from the manga, he actually acts more like a father in this than... Uh, so one of the changes that we have uh, from the um, from both the manga into the anime series is the addition of the character of Shirin, who does not exist in the manga. She was created for the anime special that they did to kind of wrap up the arc that we got to see in the film. And so she kind of 
is just there to advance the story in a way. So the whole she and Doc Ito were married, uh, they had a daughter, and that's the reason why they left Solemn to come down to Iron City. Like, that's all made up to, I guess, change the character of Doc Ito a little bit, because in the manga, he's just an eccentric guy who works on cyborgs. He's a cyber doctor. And he kind of just, he doesn't, he treats Alita sort of like a daughter, but he also treats her like he owns her in a way. Um, whereas here, where he literally is treating her like a surrogate daughter. And we get that aspect as well. Yeah, Doc Ito actually really reminds me of your dad and the way he kind of looks and uh, talks and that, which I found was really interesting. I'm going to take that as a compliment because it means my dad looks like Christoph Waltz. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he also reminds me of another character from another series that we're going to have to check out. Actually, oh. it's an opera. Uh, the what? character's name is Anthony Head. Uh, he has a also uh, we get some similarities between Alita and uh, his daughter in this uh, series. Uh huh. What what is this series called? Oh, it's uh, Repo, the genetic opera. Oh, oh, okay. I've heard about that one a lot, and yes, I I'm aware of its existence and have not seen it yet. But I probably should rectify that at some point. Yes, because I have a lot of important questions on that one, like. Is it actually an opera? Okay, that's... But we'll we'll have to get into that another day. Here we are talking about Alita. Exactly, exactly. So, since we're kind of talking about the characters in that way, so how do you feel about the character of Shirin, anyways? Like, do you feel that she is, like, uh, an important character in the grand scheme of things? She's kind of... I don't know. She didn't really fit in, like... How can I word this? She felt almost like the angel from Dante's uh, oh, Divine, Divine Comedy, Comedy, but like less involved. Hmm. Okay. Like, I want to say, like, the best way to describe that character is sort of like the fish in Monty Python's Meaning of Life ah. during the, skit, the sketch, Where are the Fish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where was she? Why is she not there? And then, like, all of a sudden, oh, she wants to be part of this. And mm -hmm. at the same time, she doesn't do that much. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She's, a, character... plot she's a plot device, right? Yeah, but it could have been anybody that was in that plot device. This is very true. This is very true. The fact that they brought her along for it was like, I don't know, did they need to meet some actress quota or something like that? It's interesting that you say that because it's uh, it's kind of bringing back to what you were saying before about how this is a James Cameron film. So James Cameron loves to have strong female characters in his films. Like the reason why Ripley is the big deal that she is in the Aliens franchise is because when he went to go make Aliens, he was like, Ripley is the main character and like she is going to be the main character. And it's the same reason why Sarah Connor is such a big deal in, well, at least the Terminator films that he was involved in. So the Terminator, Terminator 2, and Dark Fate. And it's also why, uh, in a way, it's actually one of the reasons why he wanted to make this film is because when he read the manga and then saw the, uh, the half-hour animated special, he bought the movie rights because he's like, I want to make this because Alita is another nice, strong female character. That's absolutely great. 
And Alita is a great, strong female role character. I've got nothing against good, strong female characters. Mm-hmm. But Shirin doesn't fit Shirin. that. Shirin doesn't fit that at all. Like, I would argue that she's more of a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. She played just about as much of a role as, like, the post person in the Marion Max. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And I get it. I do. Absolutely. I think that Jennifer Connelly did great with what she was given, but there wasn't exactly a whole lot there. Yeah, you know what? She did do a good job. I'm not going to bust her about that. It's more of the character that was written for. You like it felt forced. It felt it felt forced, but it's like there wasn't enough importance on it to be forced. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really like that character. Yeah. Not like Hugo. Ah, yes, Hugo. Well, I I've got some things to say about Hugo to just kind of Hugo, I kind of feel is in the same place as Shirin as well, because of the fact that he is still kind of a plot device and it sucks because he has so much more happening in the original, like in the manga and also in the the anime special that isn't here. He is basically just the boy, the bad boy, because he, you know, does the things that he does. Oh, uh, that's and, why she went for him. Because he's a bad boy? He's, she's supposed to be a teenager and he's uh, a bad boy. That makes sense now. But uh. but here's the interesting thing about it. So, I mean, he wants to go to Zalem. Like, that isn't unchanged. Uh, the thing about it is that in the manga, he is a very ruthless person. And, like, he basically sees Alita as a means to get up to Zalem. So even... When he still dies the way he does, he doesn't have this whole, you know, thank you for saving me and I love you, that sort of thing. No, 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 no. He's just, I want to go to Zalem. I've always wanted to go to Zalem and I will do whatever it takes to get there. And that's all he cares about. Like he really never cared about her. And so it's kind of nice thematically because as her first love, she gets to find out, well, I guess he didn't actually necessarily love me for me. And that's a nice learning experience. Whereas here it's just, it, it it's just stereotypical Hollywood leading man. And it it's it's boring in I comparison. Like I feel like there's a song in there. A nineties song. A nineties song? Loves, she loves me for me. She loves me for me? Yep. Okay. One second. <laughs> I'm finding this. Were you were you going somewhere with that specifically about Hugo and Alita? Or just the no, it just brought up, and that's my ADD brain at the moment. Mm, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Okay, so, I mean, I have my issues because I have read the manga. I have watched the anime. I've I seen love, the anime. Uh, yeah, so. and so I love all things Alita, so, like, this is a big deal for me, but what about you, person who, you know, has not as much invested in this as me? I do see that the differences between Hugo from the animated series to this uh, this live action movie. Uh, I agree that they totally dumped him down, but I understand why they did that. Um, there is a lot that was going on in the TV series. Excuse me. Even only over thirty. Oh no, it wasn't thirty minutes. It was two episodes, so it was like one hour. Yeah. Yeah. Even over the hour, uh, and one of the big things that I've noticed was. Uh, the fact that Hugo was an actual, like, serious criminal because mm-hmm. he didn't care about anything. He just wanted to get to uh, up to Zalem. Up to Zalem. But in here, he's been more like bad boy light, I guess is what it's yeah. You know, like 
He's not the kind of guy who's going to shake your hand, stab you in the stomach, and then cut out your kidney. He's going to take you, wine you, dine you, give you a good time. And then you and wake then up. In you the, wake up in, in the, the bath of ice yeah. with a kidney removed. <laughs> right. You know, not both, just one. He's not a monster. <laughs> you know, so. Right. I, I feel. And, and he's going to leave you with that nice, uh, that nice napkin with a kiss on it saying that I had a great time and I'm sorry for this. <laughs> You know. I, f- I feel that in some ways, one of the things that we kind of miss with that is the fact that what he does being a jacker is not a crime in the film because it is very much a very illegal thing in the manga. And that's the reason why when he dies, like because the whole thing of him um, like getting chased down by a hunter warrior is not changed in a way it's just that they changed it this time to that he got framed by a cop instead um but i can see both sides of it and i just sit there and i think i don't know i feel like maybe we could have kept it that way as a better learning thing for alita but at the same time it also gives us other things to think about with zapan the hunter warrior who frames him in the film i don't yes. know what what do, you, what do you think about that i'm just rambling now well I do like the touch that they don't have a police force there, but it does make me ask the question about like, how long has this city been around? Mm. Because if they don't have a police force, then who's really in control? And how is the governmental system made up? Like, do they actually elect a mayor and they have him kind of like delegate tasks and that? (laughs) Or are we talking that this is a lot more of a uh, uh, anarchist society? Uh, Like, honestly, coming down to it, the hunter... The hunter warriors. The hunter warriors in the the live action movie, they're Mm -hmm. sort of the police force that are controlled by the factory. Yep. Which in itself is effectively controlled by Vector, who is now, instead of being a kingpin crime lord, he's actually more of a thiefdom ruler. Yep. Or a fiefdom ruler. Yep. Uh, Well, and I mean... If you guys don't know what that is, you're going to have to look it up and it's spelled with an F. So it's not like an actual thiefdom. So, yeah. And I mean, and he takes his orders from above from Nova in Zalem. Yeah. I mean, the whole Nova kind of being a a, a puppet master above the puppet master is straight from the manga as well. But again, there are certain aspects of the world that are dumbed down for this movie. And one of them is that Nova is like being portrayed as like this horrible person that needs to be taken care of and i'm like well that's not wrong but it is a little bit more gray than (laughs) the way they're showing it to us yeah that's fair enough well what did you think of uh zapan as uh, a hunter warrior a cop well he's a pretty big deal Mm -hmm. i mean people know him and when he's looking for them people are like hey watch out for this guy make sure he's not after you because you're fucked (laughs) It's kind of uh, nice for, to, I guess it's, I guess it's a good idea to have something like that. You know, the sheriff, everybody knows the sheriff, right? Well, yeah, because if you don't know who's going to protect you, then how do you know who's going to, like, how do you know you're safe? But right? how do you know you're safe considering what he does to Hugo? Like he frames him. That's very true. But all let's be because honest he's, here. All because Alita wounded his pride. Let's be honest here, though. He is not a good person. And that was very well described in the actions that Hugo did before he was a mark. This is and before even before even 
uh, Zapan even knew about Alita or had any idea about her. So he was definitely not a good person. I would actually argue he was an anti-hero, like mm-hmm. in his own story. So the fact that he does that to Hugo, at the end of the day, Hugo's not doing a good thing regardless. He right. is still stealing people's parts. Mm-hmm. So regardless of uh, how Alita bruised his ego and that, mm-hmm. if he managed to find out that Hugo's doing this and he's been doing this for a long time, he's probably going to do something about it anyways. Now, <laughs> let's talk about the dog guy. Oh, okay? yes. He's a <laughs> good person. The, hell, oh, yeah. the hound guy, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a good person because... He has morals. He's he does his work. He goes after those the people that he's going after and that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But at the end of the day, he saw that an innocent dog was hurt. Right. Not even a person. Mm-hmm. An innocent bystander and an animal was hurt. And his first reaction was to be like, "Oh my gosh, that happened." Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, send his dogs on him. Yep. Like he knew that this person is no longer part of the group. They are working on a whole new level and something has to be done about that. And regardless of anybody else standing up with Alita, he didn't care. He knew that was a bad person and had to be getting rid of, got rid of. And I mean, he also, like, he stays out of the bar fight and everything. Like, he's just, I got my dogs. That's all I care about. Just leave me out of all this. I got my work and that's what I'll do. Yep. And that was, like, like I said, he's lawful. Lawful, lawful neutral. neutral. He was lawful neutral yeah. to the to the T. Yep. Like that is that is almost uh <laughs> oh what was that race in uh Futurama? The oh, the new yeah, yes. from the neutral planet. Yeah. yeah, he he was basically a Neutronian <laughs> through and through, just fully lawful. Tell my wife I said hello. <laughs> Although in this case I guess it would be him just saying goodbye to his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh man Let's see now you wanted to talk about vector yeah well i i did yes um i i guess i'm just curious what you feel about him with his place as what like the the, the mid-level boss the fiefdom ruler he's yeah a, I, he doesn't rule a kingdom he rules a fiefdom yeah yeah or like a, a town well i mean more in the sense of like you know when you're in an rpg and you're going up against and you're going through the final gauntlet or whatever and you go up to who you think is the final boss and then it's and then all of a sudden uh no you gotta go after this guy too so one thing i do want to point out here and this kind of proves the point all bosses see the heroes as like psychotic killers. Like when you stop and think about it, all Vector sees is like, oh, this person has like crazy technology around them mm-hmm. and they're going to be a threat. And I have to stop this before it gets out of hand and it topples everything. Because at the end of the day, uh, a lot of people turn around, and they say like, oh, kings are terrible and they have to be toppled or... Oh, all these people are evil up on top and they have to be turned over because, you know, things are horrible and that. And I'm not going to lie, in a lot of those cases, yeah, things are bad, mm-hmm. but things could get a whole lot worse. And I don't think they realize that, like, this structure of order is actually quite important. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of the Hackmaster games I've been playing, me and one of the other characters that we play with have this argument all the time. And his argument is, you know, we don't need these uh, rulers in that. Everything would be better without them. And uh, my argument is, well, you say that until the orcs attack. 
Like you need to have the structure and we need to have know who's on top and make sure that everything works its way down because at the end of the day, yes, they are abusing their power. Yes, they're not treating everybody as equals. But at the end of the day, they need to be able to have that command to turn around and mm-hmm. drop things at the uh, or uh, and like change the how can I put this? Change the flow of resources mm-hmm. and adapt to uh, to issues uh, revolving everyone at the drop of a pin. Right now, that's sort of the strength of these things. And of course, they see this person that's slowly building up their power. They're becoming more and more of a threat. They're starting to get more recognized. Then they have to fight them, and then they die. And then the next person says, oh, this person was killed? Wow, that, like they were doing an okay job at their place. Like what happened? Who killed them? Oh, I know this name now. Oh my God, they've killed other people too? Well, I have to stop them. Send people in to stop them. And then they turn and show up at their place and kill them as well. Now the person behind them is like, oh my God, what happened? They took out one of my lieutenants? What the hell? So the weird thing about what you're describing is that now it's turned into a cycle of violence all because this one person just decided to be a little bit of an upstart. Exactly. Like now it's sounding to me like they're just throwing wave after wave of people towards this person for for what? I mean, the only reason at the end of the day why Alita goes on a murder spree at the end of the film is because of the fact that they tried to kill her. I mean, uh, there's everything that happens at her motorball tryout. And then there's everything that she does after uh, they try to kill Hugo. And it's just one of those, what if you just left her alone? What would have happened if you just left her alone and she just went on to be a hunter warrior and she took care of criminals? Because that's what she wanted to do. That's all she wanted to do. That's true. But you got to remember, with every force comes an opposite and equal reaction, right? That absolutely. So the real question here is who pushed first? Mm, And in reality, it is Alita. Yeah. Well, she did push first. That's that is true. Um, yes, seeing as how she's the one who takes on the criminals that Doc Ito was following, and then for whatever reason, she became a hunter warrior and then attacked the bar. Well, yes, but that was also because of the fact that she wants to go after Gruishka, and Gruishka seems to be protected because he should be. There should be a bounty on him. He is a criminal, considering who he was hanging out with and the stuff he was doing, but. There isn't a bounty on him, so someone's protecting him. And so it's one of those, so this is kind of a barvar pay grade, but at the same time, we should be doing something about this because it is our job. But, and then she goes, well, you're all a bunch of cowards. Screw you. I'll go take them on myself. Exactly. She upset the flow. I can see that. Unfortunately, I mean, like I said, there are always going to be people who abuse the power that they get. And regardless of if they do it now or it happens later, it's going to happen. I mean, it may not happen with an individual, mm-hmm. but we do see a lot that kings who've built a great kingdom have it uh, toppled the next generation because the prince who comes in was, I don't want to say he wasn't raised right, but he's like raised with entitlement issues and mm-hmm. thinks that he deserves mm-hmm. everything and it yep. screws everything up. Yep. So it was bound to happen. But I still stand by that Alita pushed first. 
Mm, fair enough. I mean, we're gonna we gotta move into talking about her, but before we leave, okay. So I guess final thoughts on Vector then. Like, so Vector was very much a puppet, mm, um, right? He, a puppet who had his own puppets below him. Yeah, got a nice pyramid thing going on. He was very robotic and unemotional, and uh, I don't know how I actually feel about this because at first, like it, it kind of because he's not even afraid whole... of death, right? Like, like, even when she confronts him, he's still just kind of like, hey, 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 it's all good. We're fine here. Everything's fine. How are you? This is this is the kind of guy that you want to be a doctor working on your surgery because mm. nothing's going to nothing's going to shatter his nerves. Yeah. You show up there and he's going to look at you and be like, hey, man, looks like you had a rough time. And you'll be like, yeah, I got my arm and leg bit off by a shark. And then uh, my leg was disintegrated by a laser. And uh, I didn't even manage to stop this explosion from happening. And he'll look and be like, well, you tried your best, man. And don't yep. worry. I got you now. Everything's going to be fine. We're just going to pump some drugs into you and knock you out. And you'll wake up with a new body. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you'll wake up in your new earthworm gym suit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. We'll get oh into that in a second, but uh, yeah, we got to we got to talk about Alita first. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I I don't like I, I like I like the fact that he was unemotional, but it was to the point where like when his life was threatened, right? He just was still so emotionless, mm. and it was just like, really, like you have somebody holding a sword to you, and you're going to be like, oh no, please don't. It's it's not worth it. You know, I can help you. Mm. I can do things for you. It's okay. Not like, oh, please, thank God. Please, please. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I didn't mean to. I didn't, you know, like there was. An... It's actually interesting because that is effectively how he reacts in the same scenario in the manga. Like he does that. He basically is just like groveling at her feet. Um, so then I feel like he was an actual robot, not a human. To me, to be fair, considering that Nova can just hijack him at any time, it's not wrong. <laughs> That's very true. We gotta we gotta get into you know the, our title character here. So we we gotta we gotta talk about Alita. Um, so uh, like, we gotta talk about the Alita. Alita. Uh, well, I mean, she is very, she is very good at what she does, right? She is. Throw throw some thoughts at me over you know how she acted, uh, what her arc was like, that sort of thing. So let's start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I did when not she wakes like, up, right? I did not like the way that they portrayed her waking up and understanding how to do things. Like she stumbled the once mm -hmm. and then she was fine. She was up. And then she like walked up to the mirror and lightly touched it. I don't think things like that would have been happening uh, if she's been in comatose for so long. Um it just didn't feel believable for me. Mm, okay. It really kind of made me be like, oh, yeah, I'm watching a movie. It really <laughs> took, took me out of it. So Which the, is first, so the first two minutes that we see her in her body and you're already and you're already out of it. You're just you're just thinking, nope, nope, this isn't real. I'm yeah. watching a movie. I, I wouldn't I will, say I, that. Well, I do have but... to. I mean, I have to say, though, if if that's your thoughts in the first two minutes, it probably says a lot about what you're going to think of the rest of the movie because if you're not really sold on who she is as a person or kind of already forming some kind of an emotional attachment to her in those first two minutes of her getting out and realizing she has a body again 
it's going to be kind of a hard sell for the rest of the movie. Well, yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, like I said, I didn't hate the movie. Mm, I yeah, thought it was yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's that you just, hate uh, it. I'm just I'm just saying you're not going to go back and watch it two or three times a year like I do. I think the only movie that I've seen like more than eight times would have to be um, Equilibrium and V for Vendetta, and that's because right, I watch, you watch those them yearly. every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even then, I don't think I could watch those movies twice a year. Yeah, <laughs> like wow. like like I like I, I like I said, I love this movie. I am a different type of person. Fair enough. <laughs> you didn't but, love this movie, and that's let's, okay. Let's carry on a little yeah, bit more here. Uh-huh. So. I didn't really like that. I do think uh, you're telling me about the manga and how uh, it actually goes through her being raised as a person. Yeah. So the first chapter effectively, and this is, again, one of the changes. So, I mean, in the film, because uh, Alita, as in Doc Ito's now deceased daughter, was going to get a new body and he was going to do the whole uh, complete transfer thing, just like Alita is. Uh, because she her legs didn't work. And so it's like, okay, we'll just give you a whole new body and we won't have a problem anymore. You'll still be you because you'll still have your brain and all that. You'll just, everything else will be mechanical. So we jump through like the first chapter of the manga where he is finding parts to build her a body after he finds her core. And so like the first couple pages is him like walking around with her ba- effectively in like a backpack and later kind of like a baby Bjorn where she is awake and aware of things that are happening, but she's still very much like a baby and kind of like childlike before she gets body. And then she starts acting like a teenager because now she has a body. Whereas now he has a body, installs it. She wakes up, she stumbles and falls a little bit. And suddenly she is a person. All that in three minutes. Praise Jeebus. Miracles were performed. Well, you know, he is a doctor. All hail Doc Ito, the cyber doctor. Oh, who's the one that did Dead Stranding? Oh, are you thinking of Hideo Kojima? Yeah, Dr. Kojima. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting my names mixed up. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so we don't necessarily get that growing up aspect i mean that's something that you can kind of take or leave i think i would have enjoyed it more if that was in there personally mm-hmm. but i'm a stickler for detail kind of like that yeah so i mean it it could also give us a little bit more time uh to discover father man doc Ito. yeah that's true because he wasn't much of a father in the other uh oh no like absolutely like like i said when i said that he is kind of a father because that's sort of the way that Alita views him. That's not necessarily because that's how he acts, because he still is very much controlling of her. And I mean, a good example to compare this to is Motorball in this. So in the manga, Motorball is the second arc after Hugo dies. So the very end of the movie where she is final champion and she has that whole I'm coming for you Nova sort of thing. That's basically the entire second arc. But the reason why she does that is because Hugo dies and she's distraught. And so she goes and slums it in the motorball arena. And this Worst is, version of slumming ever. I, I mean, this is, this is from Doc Ito's perspective because he is thinking, you have so much potential. You're so good as a hunter warrior and things like that. And here you are wasting your time playing sport ball. What the heck's up with that? What's wrong with you? 
To be fair, though, Doc Ito in this didn't want her to be a hunter-warrior as well. Yeah, that... Um, if anything, he was happy she wasn't doing again, that. Again, <laughs> he's a father, right? You he know doesn't what? want her to let's, be a hunter-warrior. Let's create this separation right here and now. <laughs> when we're talking the live action, it we're is talking about Father, father Ido. Yeah, Father Ido. And then when we're talking about the anime or the, uh, the manga, the manga it Doc is Doc Ido. Ido okay? We're making <laughs> right. that distinction okay, right, right here and now. Okay, that so works. So Father Ido was mm-hmm. very unhappy with her in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, basically everything he makes is he's, I want to protect you because I feel that you need protecting. And then, of course, when she goes out and proves, no, I don't need protecting, then he goes, okay, all right, yep, you're right. You are way more capable of killing things than I am. So you go and do that. Uh, I want to put in a little disclaimer here for any of our younger listeners. If you want to get your parents off your back, you should not go out and kill things, okay? That's a very bad idea. <laughs> It works in this area because... This is a fantasy. Yes. <laughs> uh, let, let's move on a little bit more here. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's another point I want to get on with this that I did actually kind of feel uh, hits... It'll hit some viewers that we have listening to us more than others. You mean like but, about uh, Alita as a character? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, so when she is fighting, she actually loses her body uh, mm-hmm. in that fight with... Uh, with Garushka. With Garushka. And... She gets a new one, mm-hmm. a body that she brought in from a crashed ship. And she's like, this is mine. I feel a connection to it. And I want you to put me in it. And her dad's like, no, I can't do that. Uh, personally, I think she He didn't say he can't. He said, said he, he won't. won't. Yeah. He was very firm on that. Yes. So I do find it very funny that she just happened to ruin her body. <laughs> Hey, she, I, I'm not, she's a great... I'm not, being a, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist here. I'm not not at all. No, no, no. I just find it very convenient that she, her body happened to get ruined. And she needed this better body that, you know, is right there. Fully complete. Ready to go for her. I mean, in a way, she did kind of do that. Because when she goes to the bar, she says to Hugo, I'm drawn to conflict and I don't care what he said. So, you know, maybe he's not going to give me my body, but I'll still go and prove that I should be in the body because it's a warrior's body and I'm a war and I have a warrior spirit. I'm a warrior. Give give a momentary pause for Cameron to gather himself. Oh, Oh, God. Okay. Where were we? So when she loses her body and she gets placed in a new body, mm-hmm. I actually felt that this was sort of a good, uh, almost like a trans metaphor for people who are born in a body and they realize like, hey, this this really isn't me. And so they go to change who they are. Uh, and I feel like this could make people who are, um, say, going from like male to female transition or female mm-hmm. to male or something like that. Or any kind of body dysmorphia, yeah. right? Dys- you know? That's the term I was looking for, yeah. body dysmorphia. I knew it was around there somewhere. Um, I feel like Alita is kind of an interesting metaphor for that because she had this body that wasn't hers yep. and she knew it wasn't hers. And then she found one that could be hers mm-hmm. and it like it called to her. Mm-hmm. And then she finally gets into it. And and she is very different when she's in it, too. Like oh, you yes, see yes. that in all of her mannerisms and everything, too. Um, Which I will say that Rosa's, uh, Rosa Salazar. Salazar was a perfect choice for Alita in this. 
She did that extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, of course, seen her in a show that we are also doing, um, Undone. Yep. And she was amazing in that as well. Kind of funny that it's very similar uh, <laughs> in how the technology was done. Because uh, in Undone, yeah. it's uh, rotoscoping. Right, with all the rotoscoping, right? And then with this one, she was in a bodysuit. Yeah, because she's to, mo-capped. Yeah, yeah mo-capped, motion-captured. Uh, very similar to uh, Gollum, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that uh, they they had her for this as well, doing similar thing. Mm-hmm. But again, she nailed it. She absolutely nailed it. it, it it's so uh, what, what you say with, um, with that in terms of like in Undone, it's all rotoscoped and everything. Um, I almost feel like, and we'll get to this when we're talking about Undone as well, but I, I sort of feel like she was sought after for Undone because they saw what she did in Alita with all of her physical acting. And they're like, we need someone like this for the character that we're creating for it. Again, we're going to go into that when we cover Undone. Yes. But one thing I'll say about in terms of like the, the, the facial animations and everything. So Alita is completely CG as, as well as Zapan and most of the other uh, cyborgs. They're all people wearing their mocap suits and then they just put on the, the CG shell over top of them. Interesting thing about Alita is that all of her like facial expressions and all of the things that she does are all things that Rosa Salazar just did as an actress. And when they were going back and animating stuff, the Weta people were like, we don't need to do anything. I mean, we need to change the face so that it looks like, you know, the, the, the animated face. But we don't need to change, you know, the way your eyes move or the way your nostrils flare or anything like that. Because you did that all yourself. So... You did our job for us. Thank you. It's so, just not something that I see very often. So one thing that that kind of reminds me about is uh, in the movie It, which is another one we're going to have to do. In the newer one with oh, uh, oh, Bill. Okay. All right. With uh, Bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård? Skarsgård, yes. He portrays It, uh, the clown. Pennywise, oh, also known as. okay. And uh, the director actually like went up to him and be like, okay, we're going to do this thing where you're going to talk to the kid. But we want to use CG and make your one eye look at the camera while you're looking at the kid. And he's like, oh, you mean like this? And he and proceeded he just... to take, like, let his lady, lazy eye drift because he has a natural lazy eye. And the director was like, holy crap, that's freaky. Okay, let's film this and get this done. And it's going to save us a bunch of money. Like, <laughs> Isn't it great to just use the natural talents that your, that your actors and actresses have? And let me say that it was amazingly creepy because... Here he is talking to a child through a grate. And you know that's oh. happening. But he's looking at the camera at the same time. He's staring at you while that he's doing this. He knows you're watching. And it oh, it added such a good creepy feeling. I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about this. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to picture that. And I'm just sitting there going, yep, yep. I can see my reaction to that being like, oh, that's terrifying. Oh, that's scary. Uh, you know, kind of the way, you know, when you see contortionists doing stuff and you're just like, no, the body should not be able to do that. And there you are just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, let's, let's, yeah. let's take this train and get it back <laughs> on the rail here. Okay. So um, um, as far as Alita goes, before we kind of dive into... I guess the world that she is in. So, so how do you feel about this kind of a character? 
you know, this doesn't take crap from anyone. And just, you know, if you try to get in my way, then you're going to get messed up. Hmm. I mean, like, I that is like effectively... there's a lot of characters that are done this way. Now, this is a but good how, character. But how well do they accomplish that type of mentality, though? Is I think the they did a decent job at it. Like, I'm not going to say it's a... Uh... Five out of ten. I mean, I'd say like eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Well, I, 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 I was going to say. Let me kind of rephrase that. Um, do you do you see a character like Alita, and you just kind of go, you know what? I like this type. I like this person. I like their spunk and that sort of thing. Usually, yes, but I feel like because they skipped over her like introduction in that mm, and like okay. the, her beginning part. Uh, it kind of just gives me that whole like, what do you call it, the amnesia trope. Ah, and I'm, uh-huh. I feel like it just lied a little too heavy on that. Okay, personally, again, I don't think it's it's Rose's fault. No, 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 no. That um, is that is very much kind of more at the feet of the writers. Yeah, and that is more. So I mean, again, with the things that they have put in here to grow the world. So I mean, the fact that we know that Alita is even a Martian, that's something we don't learn until the sequel series, effectively, to uh, in uh, Battle Angel Alita Last Order. So after she's done all this stuff uh, on Earth, then she, and she does finally get up to Zalem, now she goes out into the, uh, into the solar system and rejoins the war that kind of never really ended, except on Earth on the ground because they've got their own problems of all the floating cities are gone. So it's just post-apocalypse world and everything. It's actually kind of interesting uh, because Battle Angel Alita the manga um, allows them to, to explore a whole bunch of genres. So in the film, when they go outside of Iron City to go to the Erm ship, it just kind of looks like a regular world outside. Now, that makes sense near Iron City because this is a town, this is a city, this is a civilization. We need to have farms and things like that. But in one of the middle arcs in what is basically Mad Max uh, the Road Warrior in manga form, yes, like she is literally Mad Max on a train. So much so that... You know the bit in Fury Road where he is shooting the SKS and then she comes up behind him and she's like, you know, don't blink and whatever and shoots it right beside him. That is literally straight out of Battle Angel Alita. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So giving people uh, tinnitus really bad is straight out of that. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it, it's one of these weird things where... Because of when it was written, because it would have been written in like 95 or 96 or something like that, we're like 20 years out of Fury Road coming out. But the way that arc was written was absolutely an homage to uh, Road Warrior, Mad Max 2. So I almost sit there and I wonder if George Miller was aware of it and was like, you know what? I'm going to do an homage and of, of, of an homage and I'm going to take that same scene and I'm going to put it back in Mad Max. And, and it's the same thing where initially it was, you know, the male character who is making the shots and getting them wrong. And then the female character, Furiosa or Alita in this case, comes up and is like, let me do this. Just just hold still. So are you telling me that this could have also been helped out by Nolan Rogers with a homage? 
Imagception. I mean, we can gush and gush about Mad Max a different time. We got to get back to talking about Alita. Yes. So, yeah, I didn't really like the fact that she had a... uh, Everything's truncated, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like I would have liked her more if if it was... If it wasn't like that, if we if we got to grow with her a little more, I guess you could say, instead of just have um, everything fixed. Yeah, that's like it was kind of a, you know, one thing that I do remember, like talking to my girlfriend about this about because uh, I wasn't a huge person into the idea of the LGBTQT community in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I respect to grow into that. Well, I respect that the way that I see it is that life sucks. And it's hard enough to be uh, to be yourself, mm-hmm. let alone realize that you are somebody else. And if that tr- if like trying to become somebody else makes you feel more comfortable and happier, mm-hmm. do it. I don't care about what other people think. Do it okay. because that will give you that little bit of happiness. Then by all means, it's worth it. Yeah, and that's going to make me happy that you're happy. Mm-hmm. Now, talking to my girlfriend about this, because she kind of deals with a lot of people in that, right. uh, in this community, uh, she was telling me that a lot of times with this, uh, what was that term used again? The uh, body what, Oh, body dysmorphia? Body dysmorphia. A lot of times, uh, or like some of the research showed that people who do change genders, they actually still commit suicide at a fairly high rate because they never actually get what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't like in the they fact don't, that they don't get this, to experience that euphoria. Yeah, they they feel like it's going to change everything and everything's going to be better afterwards, and then they realize that it's still hard. Mm-hmm. Like there's still a lot of challenges, and there's different challenges too. Yep. Your brain is now, still your brain still hates you. Yeah. So that's one thing that I found about Alita that I didn't like is that it kind of like said like, oh, this is the cure to it all. Like, sort of like going through a gender change would be the cure to the body dysmorphia. And in some cases, I'm not saying all of them, Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to say like most, but in some cases, that's just not the case. I mean, to be fair, she basically had access to magic. So, like, (laughs) I think it's fair to say that the reason why she was able to be so happy so easily is that because through magic, I mean, they call it nanotechnology, right? It's magic. It's magic. She's able to form her body exactly the way she thinks it should be. She even gets to have larger cleavage. This this was a sticking point. I remember a whole lot of memes about it where people were like, oh, all she needed was bigger boobs. And suddenly she's a woman. And I'm sitting there going, what do you mean bigger boobs? She went from having a preteen's body to having an adult body. <laughs> she didn't suddenly get balloons on her chest like most anime characters do (laughs) right you're like right you know what i'm talking about i know exactly what you're talking about i'm trying i'm just trying to think of the actress's name who i got baywatch oh pamela anderson yeah 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 she didn't (laughs) she didn't she didn't anderson (laughs) right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but again i don't know at the same time the way that i see it is she wanted a body that would be useful and I feel like that having, like, I don't know, I guess I'm not a girl, but I feel like having big boobs would get in the way of fighting. I feel so, like that would, you know, they would be cumbersome. They would... I don't know. 
uh, out there, any if the audience wants to remember chime in on this, I'd like to know. Do you think that having big boobs would get in the way of fighting? Okay, I mean, there is one thing that you need to remember about breasts is that they're not weightless. Yeah, they there's a lot have, of weight. Yes. And the larger they get, just like, you know, getting other larger parts on your body, that's going to change, that's going to shift things because of extra weight. So that's something to Maybe keep. Maybe it balances everything out there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We, <laughs> we, we don't, to, we, we don't to, know. We need to find somebody who does studies. All right. <laughs> uh, point us everybody into, into the studies on fighting and uh, body shapes. Because you know what? I feel like we need to get more Kung Fu Panda in here. Ah, uh, uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure there are fighting styles that will complement any body type. Yep. In this case, Alita makes the one that is hers, and honestly, good for her. Yes. All right, so let's talk about Alita in the world that we have. So now we get to, I guess, explore the world, finally, after we've dug through everybody else. Um actually yeah what did you think of the world that we are in you know iron city the floating city of zalem and mm -hmm, a desolate earth so i'm gonna start this off by saying that this is james cameron's specialty mm. he is an amazing you into world worlds right yeah i i'm a sucker and i love world building so much um uh, my favorite dms are usually the ones that like have this unbelievable intricate world that they've built there's even a meme that I've seen about it with uh, Rick and Morty when Rick is talking to, uh, or no, no, somebody's talking to uh, Gearhead. And, oh. uh, you know, they Gear asks him, like, what do you know about the Gear War? And the guy's like, not very much. He goes, oh boy, do I envy you. And then and he goes just to starts explain talking it. about it. I love it when my DMs do that. I I love unbelievable world building in that. And I want to get totally involved in it. I want to get absorbed into it and... Get into all of the stupid little politics on everything in that. Um, and James Cameron is like unbelievably good at that. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people like Avatar, the, mm, the movie. Yep. Oh, yes. Um, not The Last Airbender. Yep. That but, one doesn't exist. No, 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 the, the one about the cat ladies, right? The, the blue people, the Smurfs, the big Smurfs. Well, they're Navi, but come on. They got cat eyes, man. They're cat people. They're blue. They're, they're Smurfs. <laughs> Okay, yes. fine. Smurf cat people. <laughs> Anyways, we know which avatar we're talking yes. about. Smurf lines. The one <laughs> The ones where they're go where they're trying to mine unobtainium. Yes. But anyways. <laughs> That's what my medication's made out of. <laughs> So, uh, so, so, yeah, so anyways, like yes. that, that's another, um, he, he makes an amazing world and I loved his world. Uh, again, I felt the characters kind of fell short in that movie, but, uh, in this one here, they are a bit better. Mm -hmm. And it I certainly it. helps that it's such a big world to draw from in the first place. Right. Oh, I mean, absolutely. by the time, by the time this movie's come out, like we've gone through last order, like again, the fact that we learn in, effectively immediately that Alita's a Martian is a huge change because we don't know that for like basically the first 10 years of publication history. Yeah. It took a long time to find that out. <laughs> and, we learned showing. and we learned about... <laughs> well, I, yeah, okay, fine. I get it, I get uh, it, I get it's it. Like, it's like people watching, uh, I don't know, it's like with The Wheel of Time coming out, it took, I think, almost 20 years for the entire series to finally be written. And now we're getting a TV series that is like going to have a new season every year. 
So everyone just gets to learn immediately what's happening, that there may have been like four years between book five and six. I don't know because I never read the books, but I'm sure there were some large. I was pushed to read the books as well, but they don't realize that I'm really bad at reading, so I'm not going to be able to read them. But this, this that's what I mean in the sense of you have a world that you can draw from. And so therefore you can just be like, well, we're just going to throw this in. We're going to throw that in. And we're just going to build this world in two hours. Because in a way you kind of had to. Let's be really honest about this. Because this was actually tried in another series that was book turned to TV series. Which one are we talking about this time? Song of Ice and Fire. Ah, yes. Yeah, right. So even though it can happen, it doesn't mean that they aren't going to mess it up are we going to talk about you know the the drawing of a horse yeah yeah the drawing of a horse there's a great meme again meme culture here there's a great meme where they show uh, a, a picture of a horse and the first third of it yeah i think this it was says like it was game like of thrones season one and it was like seasons one through four i think or yeah. something and it's like perfectly amazingly drawn it's the head and like one of the the front legs and then the second part, which is like the body. It's like f- seasons five well, and six, I think, was what it was. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then, then there, it's, it's, it's still nice, but it's not as lavish as the first one. And then season and then seven season and eight. Season seven and eight, it's like almost stick drawing horse. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So uh, well, we yeah. didn't, we didn't get that here. No, no, no. The world building here is excellent, of course. And again, I expect that of James Cameron. Mm-hmm. One thing that I did really like was the Earthworm Jim uh, oh cyborgs, where they just pull them out of their body and they look like a like a little head with a little worm tail, and that that was unbelievable. I never thought of it that way. Like we're just watching the movie, and all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, it's like Earthworm Jim," and I'm just sitting there going, "Oh my god, you're right." Wow, how did I... Because that is literally... It's because I grew up with Sega Genesis, and that was one of the few games I actually got to yeah, play. Yeah, but I grew up with Earthworm Jim too. I watched the cartoon and everything. Oh, but um, you didn't live it like I've lived those games. That's probably true, but again... the TV show came after the game. I know, so. I know, I know. Um, but again, like it just... It's something that didn't occur to me, but you said it, and I'm sitting there going, actually, that is a perfect like analogy in a way. With the way total uh, total conversion cyborgs work, um, and this is actually an important thing to notice when it comes to like the motorball stuff. So, uh, and also kind of informs a little bit more of when uh, when Father Ito is like, you need to put on all this protective equipment, and she's like, I don't need that, and he said, Yes, you do, because if you break this body, I can't fix it. And we see this at the very end when she is about to become final champion. She's in a different body. And this is a thing that motorball players do. They have their regular out on the town body. Then they have their motorball body, which is tuned up in a certain way and can take punishment. And so when you get the crap beaten out of you and you get torn to shreds on the track, that's okay. You just go back in your other body and then you get your motorball body repaired. And so you take the worm out and you put it in the other body. You put it in the other power suit. Uh-oh. What now? Does that mean there's a hedonistic body? Yes. Yes, there is, actually. Oh, no. Yes, yes. Rule that... 34, no. That's not rule 34. That is like canon. Uh, <laughs> there, are, there are sex bots in I, the I, manga. Like they makes don't, sense. Like they don't... It, it's not a thing that they necessarily do 
I mean, so Alita's bodies, like when she's fighting and stuff like that, when she's in the Berserker body and stuff like that, she doesn't really have sex organs or anything like that because that's not what the body's for. Yeah. But she, in her brain, still has intimate feelings and affection and things like that. And so one of the points that she makes towards the end of Battle Angel Alita is that a guy that she meets when she is doing the Mad Max thing, she kind of falls in love with him and she kind of muses about when she, when her mission is done and she's defeated Nova and done all of this stuff, she'll retire and she'll go live with him on the coast and probably get a body that can do that. <laughs> so Gee, Rick, I really like that cosplay over there. <laughs> So, kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> so, yes, Miles, there are sex bots. There are bodies built specifically so that cyborgs can have sex. What a time to be alive. Come on. I mean, <laughs> again, this is from the manga from the mid-90s. This is not a new concept. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but yes, I just I, thought there would be points that wouldn't be touched, but I guess there, there is. There okay, again, is. they don't touch it in the film. This would it's probably some, this would probably be something that they would cover in sequels, assuming that we ever get them, because it seems like we might not get any sequels to this. Um, this film didn't underperform necessarily but it was like one of the last fox movies to get released before it got before the merger with uh disney and everything happened and so basically because this was a fox project disney basically said eh, it's not mcu we don't care james cameron is supposed to be making more avatar films and so both he and robert rodriguez who directed yep have a bunch of Things that they have said they'll do like James Cameron said okay I'll do Avatar 2 and 3 and then you'll let me make it an Alita sequel and Robert Rodriguez is like okay fine I'll do some Mandalorian episodes and then you'll let me direct Alita 2 and Disney's like and Mickey Mouse Maybe. says <laughs> we'll see <laughs> and it is really sad because I, I want more because <laughs> I want them to get to the Mad Max movie. Wouldn't that be copyright? <laughs> Doesn't Fox already own Mad Max? Well, I mean, th then then how is that a problem? <laughs> if they already own the IP, then it's not a problem. It's the same reason why they don't do a Battlefield 2143. Because Battlefield is owned by EA that also owns Titanfall, which is already a futuristic yeah, exclusive yeah. genre. Well, and I think that's the thing, right? Is So in some ways you have that whole, we can't have too many things and then we'll confuse people. I don't know. I sit there and I feel like that's more of a WB thing. What with their whole, oh no, we can't have a Batman on TV or in the films because uh, people will get confused. How can there be so many different Batmans? Then along comes Kick-Ass with Big Daddy. Like, <laughs> that is literally the reason why Batman, outside of the cartoons, was not allowed to be... Like, the reason why they made a Green Arrow show was because they said, no, you can't make a Batman. Well, actually, I think that was also, you can't sully the name of Batman by putting him on CW. And I'm sitting there going, who cares? People will watch what they want to watch. Do you hate money? And yes, I think WB actually does hate money some days. They absolutely do. I mean, why else would they make Riverdale? Gee, sorry, Miles. 
Anyways, um, I don't know. I just had to gripe a little bit about how I'm sad that this movie, that the Alita series may not continue, despite the fact that I think it had a pretty strong opening. Well, Cameron, it's okay. I feel bad with you. Shall we go watch some uh, Firefly now? Uh, I'm going to say no, but that's not because I don't like Firefly. <laughs> that's more because of the fact that I don't want to support Joss Whedon things anymore. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> but it was I have nothing too. against Nathan Fillion and everyone that made Firefly except for Joss Whedon. So, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Is Let's there any... get back on this uh, this train here. All right. So the world really Northworm Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. The world design. Like I said, I thought the world design was neat. I like that whole pulling them out uh, thing there. Yeah. 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 The, the way the they bodies. do the cyborgs. Right. It was pretty interesting. I, the way I see it, it's sort of like uh, if everybody had a car. And they were and their you've cars. got multiple cars, right? Yeah. You can have a car for winter. You can have a car for summer. You can have a car for mudding. You can have a car for driving in the water. Do they have cars that drive in the water? Yes, they do. Yes, yeah. they do. You just yes, got to make sure do. that they have all season tires. <laughs> all, se- all, all seasons. Season. Yeah, you yeah. can drive anywhere with all seasons. Well, I would you can think drive in the road. Wouldn't you, you, can drive wouldn't on you the mean snow. more that they got to have all terrain? No, no, all seasons. It's, oh, okay, all right. And you can go up the side of a cliff with them. You can f- drive around in space. Yeah, all seasons. Right. Oh, one final thing about this. So, what did you think of the music of Alita? I'm not gonna lie to you. For some reason, it didn't stand out to me too much. It, it felt a lot like Marvel and blockbuster films. Oh, um, really? I don't know. It just didn't pop at me. It could have been I was a little irritated at the speakers I was listening to them to. Uh, one of them sound like they blew. Oh, that could be a bit of a problem. So, I mean, I, I'm curious. I'm surprised I, I like that. my music. Like, you mm-hmm. know me. I love my music. I just showed you my Spotify thing. My Spotify said I was like 67,000 minutes of listening. I feel like in, I'm gonna, a, in a year. Okay, <laughs> like, I think I'm going to have to send you the, the, the soundtrack or something to listen to it on its own because i don't know i i i agree that it definitely is a blockbuster like kind of superhero soundtrack yes but marvel man i I, as someone who's watched every marvel movie I, i would say i pretty much only know the avengers theme that's the only thing that i can think that sticks out over 20 movies this well, you love Fury Road, right? Yes. Same guy who did the soundtrack for Fury Road did the soundtrack here for Alita. Oh. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have you listen to this separate, and I think you might change your tone, your tune, your tune a little bit. But that might not necessarily make you want to watch the movie again. But that's different. <laughs> no. Well, like I said, I it could have just been the fact that the the speakers that we were watching the movie on. Okay. Uh, could have just had that like little bit of an audio thing, and then of mm, course, so then you're then not... I'm like ignoring audio to to pay more attention to visual. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I can I can get that. That that actually happened with me on the third season of Final Space uh, oh, because really? what I was listening to had uh, compressed audio, and it sucked oh, hard. God, I it hate it when that happens. So hard. Oh, that's so the worst. I actually couldn't get all the way through the third season because of that compressed audio and. 
of course, like my girlfriend's like, oh, what? There's nothing wrong with this. And I'm like, nothing wrong with this? Oh, the audacity is showing here. (laughs) It's flowing into this room. We left the tap on. Do your ears not work? How can you not tell the difference between this? This You can hear the tinniness and everything. it's, It's not even the tinniness. It's just like a... Yeah. Like, oh my god. Oh, oh man. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Reminds me of uh, the early days of YouTube when you could watch an entire movie over 10 parts, but because of the way it was uploaded, they're still compressed and so you're like, "Oh, that's great. That's Yep. <sighs> this isn't even VHS quality anymore. This is like VHS that's starting to die quality. I wish this was a silent film movie. Yeah. Well, but if I mean true silent films still have the 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 musical score over top of it. Yeah, but you could just put in any music and that's works. true. That's true. That's a very good point. So I yeah. think we've I think we've covered everything that we need to for Alita. Yeah. Ultimately, again, I would recommend this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I enjoyed it, but. It did have a lot of comparisons with anime, and I'm not a huge anime guy myself. And you know what? That's fine. So um, I'm going to say that it was good. I, I liked it. At some point, you're going to have me watch... I don't know watch... if I'm going to watch it again. I at, might not. At some point, you're going to have me watch a movie, and I'll feel the same way. All right, we already did that. Dead and Breakfast. That's not true. I didn't say I would never watch it again. I just said That's I don't true. need to watch it, like, every year. Okay. Velocipastor will be... <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch everyone next time where we watch. I don't know. Mm. We'll figure we'll it out. We'll see. We'll see. Until then. It might take a while to listen to or figure that out. Maybe an infinite <laughs> amount of time. Uh, very well. And I mean, who knows? We may come undone before that happens. <laughs> Until then, I'm Miles. And I'm Cam. And we'll see, see you, you next time. time.